Welcome to the Bitcoin Zodiac, the podcast that explores the intersection of finance and astrology, where we use a combination of spirituality and logic to help us connect the dots in the market. Hosted by Corinne Florence and Claire Marinan, who both come from a diverse background, bringing with them a wealth of knowledge and experience in the realms of astrology, cryptocurrency, trading, philosophy, investment strategy, and of course, Bitcoin. In each episode, we explore the economics of the markets following the evolution of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies through each moon cycle and astrological transit. Join us on this journey as we explore the intersection of these two worlds that are often thought to be at odds with one another, finance and astrology. Whether you're a seasoned crypto investor, a day trader, or just starting to dip your toes into the world of Bitcoin and blockchain, the Bitcoin Zodiac is the podcast for you. So sit back, relax, and come and expand your consciousness with us as we explore the world of the financial markets through an astrological lens. Good morning. Good morning. Good evening. How are we doing? How are we feeling? Doing great. Doing fabulous. Yeah, doing really good. Yeah. Thank you, Bitcoin, for uh, lifting up many, merry, many spirits around right. the world. Love Saggy season. Bitcoin also seems to love Saggy season. I know, right? And let's shout out you and your birthday. Happy birthday, Sagittarius Queen. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And how was your day? How did you feel? Another spin I around it. the sun. Yeah, exactly. No, I loved it. I feel really good. Like, um, I feel really good this birthday. I usually have like a couple, like a week or something before I have like this, you know, freak out around my birthday of like, I don't know. It's so funny. I'm like, am I getting so old? Like what's happening? You know, how did this happen? But um, I didn't have that at all this year. Like I feel like really content, um, feeling really loved, um, really blessed. So yeah, I had a really, really good day. And so um, yeah, I'm going to see my family next week. So ready for Christmas holidays. So it's all happening all at once. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's so exciting. And I, oh, there is an alert that just beeped. Um, we, we'll get to that soon and all the outs that are about to pop off. But um, I was just going to say, I feel like for you in general, it's been like such a I feel like it's been such a beautiful year for you where you're like seeing so much of your growth. So mm. I'm really proud of you. And I think that's a really beautiful thing to just like stop and reflect on around birthday times as well. And just be like, wow, look at like how much okay. I've shifted and how I'm viewing things differently and responding differently. It's amazing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I love that. And I, I do feel like that this year, actually. And like, it's so funny because like at the beginning of the year, it sounds like a really weird goal, but like my sort of theme for at the beginning of the year was really like contentment. Like I really wanted to find that space of contentment. I do feel like I've stepped into that um, this year. Not that I spend all my time there, but like, you know, I think it's, it's less about, um, you know, aiming to be something all of the time. And it's more about like your comeback rate. So it's like mm -hmm. when you, when you step out of that space. So that was really the energy that I wanted to hold this year is like, find that, 
gratitude and contentment and, um, you know, and be able to return to that quickly um, if I found myself being a brat and being out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's so beautiful. We all have bratty moments. For sure. For sure. I love them. I love them. <laughs> Yay. No, that's so amazing. And then how was in particular the full moon for you? Yeah. I mean, interesting, I think, terms in terms of Bitcoin, like the, what stands out for me when I think about the the full moon was, you know, so much talk about like, we're due for a pullback. We're due for a pullback on Bitcoin. And that absolutely isn't wrong um, and wasn't wrong at the time. But um, if people were listening to our last episode, we sort of said that like, yeah, we are due for a pullback, but we don't think it's coming yet. So I think a lot of people, there was a big short squeeze really. And um, a lot of people were sort of caught out by that. And I sort of like that that is a beautiful example of how we can layer astrology on top of technical analysis, um, because we could sort of see that, you know what, there may be some momentum still left in this run um, up into the new moon. So it's going to be interesting how Bitcoin reacts in this new moon. Um, but that's really kind of what stands out for me when I think about the last two weeks is sort of like, okay, well, everyone was expecting a big pullback to come. And we we were sort of like, okay, maybe there is one coming, but not yet. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, it was really beautiful to see. There was a little teeny tiny like drop. And I think a lot of people got excited. Yeah. Oh my God, here it comes. But yeah. um, I think this is such a beautiful representation of just how Bitcoin breaks all the rules. <laughs> like Bitcoin just wants to do what it wants to do. It is a Capricorn after all. And so when it wants to just go, it goes. Um, and yeah, I am excited to see what this next new moon brings for us. This past full moon, I... um just circling back to what we actually spoke about last episode, mm. uh, you know, we had a lot happening around Mars and I personally um, was very tested that day as well around, um, yeah, I could just feel a lot of, uh, of like anger. Anger is the word. And, you know, we know that Mars mm -hmm. is the planet of uh, war so a lot of tension, um, a lot of thoughts as well. And so that was a, um, yeah, it was just interesting to see how the emotion, and sometimes I think about like, a, hmm, I wonder if it's because I knew and I expected anger around that day that then therefore it like manifested and I did feel those things. And on the other hand, I'm like, okay, good. Like I was aware of it. So I, I was kind of more prepared than I may have been other times. Like I remember I even told my husband like the week before I was like, babe, we can't fight next week, especially on Monday because there's going <laughs> to like the full moon and Mars. Okay. Like <laughs> I warned him. And then on Monday he was like, you're angry because it's the full moon. And um, <laughs> And then I love that he's sending that back to you. That's hilarious. <laughs> he's pays attention. He's really good. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and also, um, 
I then, so that was kind of like my day and I was aware of it. But then I, I later that week, I like met with some friends and I like mentioned it to them and they looked at each other and the wife uh, was like, oh my God, that's why he was so angry on Monday. So they didn't even know about the full moon and Mars and everything was hap- that was happening. But he had a day where he was just angry. And I was like, that's so interesting. So it's not just me manifesting it. I mean, maybe a part of it, but then it's also like, hey, the, the energies are legitimately there. They do affect the people in different ways. Yeah. Um, and maybe it was where, you know, that full moon or Mars was hitting you in your birth chart. So it was really interesting. That is interesting. And that I, I'm not sure if I mentioned this in the last episode, but definitely around the full moon more than more than the new moons, to be honest. I kind of, you know, do like keep to myself because I recognize that everyone is experiencing this energy and especially with like Mars doing its thing. Um, you know, I don't really want other people's projections because yeah. I think what happens when, you know, we're looking at the astrology and we're kind of like, bring it on, you know, bring on all of these things. Cause we recognize the growth and the the ability to process those kind of um, emotions and what the full moon brings up. But other people that are not like dialed into that, I feel like they don't know what to do with that energy. And so they project that onto other people. So I'm not surprised that, you know, you're seeing anger and things like that, but, um, and feeling anger within yourself as well, because that that's what it was, was there to do sort of thing. That's what the energy of the season and, you know, I love that Alex has like scheduled that he's penciled that in, um, <laughs> you know, but even he is um, noticing that too, you know, and he's yeah. like, he's obviously experiencing these energies too. And so how do you yeah. process that as a couple? Um, I think like, yeah, we just really, you know, obviously, because I'm always looking at the astrology, I just like let him know in advance and we do a lot of like work on ourselves, on each other and together. And so I think it's just really the, the awareness, knowing mm-hmm. that, you know, I think even in a couple, um, I think a lot of people forget that it's literally a partnership. You're not against each other. It's not a competition. It's not that one person's right and one person's wrong ever. Yeah just like looking at the togetherness we're in a partnership where are we both feeling where are we both at how much energetic space do we have you know um and then just coming up with a solution together on how we can work through that best whether it means like hey I need alone time or Mm. hey like drop everything and just go for a walk and go and sit by the water and not talk about work or, hey, uh, I really have to like get this off my chest. Can we sit down and talk about it? I just like need to be heard right now. I think it's a lot of like first uh, coming together and knowing, hey, we're a team rather than trying to go against each other. And, yeah. then, and then it's definitely just working through it together through communication. Um, yeah, but the astrology <laughs> definitely helps. <laughs> Yeah, gives a bit of a framework of like, okay, I'm not just pissed off for no reason. 
Yeah. Yeah. And also that way, you know, we don't, we don't take things personal because it's like, okay, full moon, other things, you know, uh, she's just going to be pissed off today. And uh, okay. Well, just awareness. And I, I know it too, when there is a full moon, just in general, I, I feel both of our like emotions are just heightened. And so I just try and be like extra careful. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think the awareness is a really, and giving each other space to like, you know, process the whatever's coming up. I think that's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so if we look a little bit more at Bitcoin now, um, you know, we we also had pre-Shadow Mercury retrograde. Um, you know, as you're all listening to this episode on the new moon of Sagittarius on the 12th of December, uh, we have one more day. So tomorrow it's going to be going into full Mercury retrograde in Capricorn. But already this pre-shadow has shown us, um, and, you know, Mercury retrograde and the pre-Mercury retrograde is also, is always really interesting, the effects that it has on Bitcoin. Um, mm-hmm. You know, every time go and back test and really just look at the um these uh these these transits as they occur through through bitcoin and through history for bitcoin there is always you either i always like to say it, it's kind of like another expect the unexpected but i always like to see um i always see volatility like i see very intense moves not yeah. quite like an eclipse but definitely like we see these just in one direction or the other, it just likes to shoot off. Um, and we definitely saw this already in this pre-shadow retrograde or Mercury retrograde, you know, from the from the full moon. Or let me actually just look at that from when pre-shadow actually happened and started on the on the 25th of November. You know, we already went up over 15% in Bitcoin. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, we did talk about that the last episode that we were like, whether it's going up or coming down, there is going to be a significant push one way or the other. And then that's where we were like, okay, well, we're headed towards a new moon. So most likely going to go in the up direction. Um so that was really cool to see. And I know, Claire, we've both been having, there was one day in particular that we were texting and like no technology was working. <laughs> I feel like I've had that today as well. And you know what I just realized is so funny that what is it with both of us? We choose to travel during Mercury retrograde. The last one you were traveling and yeah. this one I'm traveling. <laughs> like we- we oh. we don't even we're not even listening to our own advice where it's like mercury That's retrograde like... definitely does affect um travel so hopefully i'm not i'm going to be able to ride out the unexpected things that that come at us you know what's so crazy i was meant to travel like i was meant to be on my way to germany but then unfortunately other things came up and i i couldn't go anymore and it's so funny because it's literally during Mercury retrograde. And I said from the last Mercury retrograde, I was like, I am not traveling anymore. But um, I mean, it's not it's not horrible. You just have to literally be prepared for 
the unexpected to happen. And, you know, just if there's extra delays um, and different things, you just got to really be in a flow state and not feel like you have to be at a particular place at a particular time. Um, I feel it's a lot of blowing. And also what I, I learned even more so from the last Mercury retrograde is, um, is praying and just for me, you know, I always think, okay, so if Mercury retrograde does do things with like tech and it could like mess up things, you know, and sometimes I, I catch myself like thinking worst case scenario and, um, and I, I had to be like, okay, get on the plane, pray, you know, like visualize the whole journey, like going well and like no problems, everything works out perfectly fine. And just really like being in that state also of, um, like, I just remember in my head, like closing my eyes while I was sat on the plane and just being like, everything's in God's hands and he loves me and protects me. And he knows like what's meant to be, you know, we'll just work out the, the way it's meant to be. And yeah. uh, it definitely, even if it seems confusing at the time, yeah. I think it's, I think it's the frustration as well. It's like being able to kind of ride those waves of, you know, things that would normally frustrate you just be able to like, let that go quickly and not yeah. let the frustration of everything not going exactly your way um, go. Cause yeah. I'm not great at that, honestly, but um, I'm hoping, <laughs> please Mercury, be kind to me. <laughs> this is, this is please, my please God, please God override override mercury retrograde for me you this know I don't like, deal with these things my plans getting messed up very well <laughs> that's so funny well yeah I think that this is definitely gonna be a great learning curve Lesson. If, it, if it needs to be if it needs to be but um yeah so um, should I already talk a little bit about um, the moon or do you want to first talk about the the energy of the new moon in Sagittarius and what we have coming up before I dive into the yeah sure we can we can do that we can move into that but yeah I think closing off the mercury retrograde it is sort of expect the unexpected like you were saying there was one day that we were we were texting and just nothing was working mm. and um we're trying to plan things and nothing is coordinating. And, um, you know, even today I opened up my laptop and it was like glitching out and I'm like, what is going on? Probably because I have like 10 million tabs open, but I yep. just reset it. It was fine. And I was like, oh, am I, am I being pushed to, to buy a new laptop? Is that what I'm being forced into? Um, but like, you know, it's just being able to like ride the waves of that and, it does affect tech. It also, you know, obviously Mercury is communication. So um, I feel like Mercury, we'll, we'll talk about Mercury being in Capricorn a little bit as well, but, um, you know, Mercury retrograde, there can be confusion in communication. And we've just sort of come through that full moon in Gemini. And we, we did see a lot of that, I think, confusion in communication and how that translates into the markets is really volatility. So I do expect it to, to be quite volatile. And then moving into the new moon in Sagittarius in Bitcoin's fifth house. So the house of learning and education. 
it's an interesting combination because Sagittarius is really associated with optimism and exploration and risk-taking. And it's ruled by Jupiter, which is the planet of expansion, abundance, and growth. And so this new moon really does bring with it this, you know, feeling of joy and optimism. And also Sagittarius energy is also about philosophy and deep finding deeper meaning. And um, so I, I'm a true Sagittarius because I'm only obsessed with these kind of deeper things. But um, it's really is also about seeing the big picture. So even though we come into that new moon energy and it's really interesting how Bitcoin, you know, flows with the new, with the moons, with the moon cycles, because the moon cycles really are sort of showing or tracking the, if you're observing the moon cycles, the ebbs and flow of energy. And so generally when we're coming up to a new moon, I kind of see the moon as almost like a momentum indicator. Um, if you're comparing it to like looking at the charts or something like that, like a stochastic RSI or something like that, when you're getting to that certain peak of that stochastic RSI, you can kind of look at that and expect the momentum to slow a little bit. And it's the same when we're coming up into the new moon is it's not necessarily like a cell signal immediately, but it's more a signal of like, this looks like it's going to run forever. And maybe instead of FOMOing into something, then you can sort of wait for that to ease off and sort of um, recalibrate a little bit and expect that momentum to dip a little bit. So coming into that new moon, that's what we're sort of seeing. We are expecting a bit of a pullback this new moon. And also, but with it being in Sagittarius, again, it is expansion, abundance and growth, um, you know, and optimism, risk taking and things like that. So um, we'll look at the levels where we think we can we can see where it may pull back to in a second. But um, so that's sort of tying into that as well. But this new moon is actually a really powerful um, new moon for manifestation. Again, with that optimism and things like that. But also Sagittarius is really about the big picture. Like I'm a perfect example of this. I hate the details. I hate the you know, the boring accounting and the contracts and things like that. This is so boring to me. Like, I want to see the big vision. I want to see the big picture. Um, and so I have to kind of pay a bit more attention to to those, the smaller details. But it's an amazing time to sort of dream big. And we're also coming into, you know, the new year where a lot of people obviously set intentions for the new year and sort of start looking at what that new year may hold for them. And so this new moon is really that time to like dream big and um, really sort of look at the future and think about what is the best possible outcome? Like what is the, what is the best thing that could happen? What is the highest version of that vision and really hold that vision? Um, and new moons really, are a great time for manifesting in general, but they really help us understand and get clear on what we want. So um, that's kind of what we're looking at with this um, with this new moon. It's um, maybe a time to start looking at that list of what you 
what 2024 maybe looks like for you and um and moving into that energy using that energy of this new moon to sort of um open up like your manifesting powers and um you know really actively participate in projecting and shaping your reality so that's kind of the energy that I I'm feeling for this new moon I I I love um that you said also like that the energy around Sagittarius season is most definitely euphoria I feel like um you know, apart from crypto <laughs> that we can see <laughs> a lot of euphoria right now. And that's why, you know, again, there is a pullback coming and this does look like it's going to be uh, even astrologically, which I'll dive into in a second. It does look like it's going to be a um, a pullback time for Bitcoin. Mm. But I feel, I feel euphoria in the air, like even with the, the holiday season, you know, I know um, people yeah. that celebrate uh, Hanukkah, it starts yeah. today and, um, you know, Christmas time is coming. And like the second I got back from my last trip, for me, it was like Christmas tree and lights all around the house and like I, I just love the like decorations and the presents under the tree and just so much love and and euphoria during this time. So it's it is a beautiful season. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I, I, I love that. I love the energy of the holidays as well. And you know, it's interesting when I when I used to live in India, like their holiday season starts like with Diwali in November. And so then goes all the way through. So they they really celebrate for this end of the year is really a time to celebrate. And I, I love that feeling as well of Christmas. It's like so magical. And um, it really is my favorite time of the year. Yeah. And I, as I, you know, shift through my journey and for those that don't know much about like me and my background, like I used to be very in my, like, I've always been like quite a feminine girl, like a girly girl, but like, I've very much been like in my masculine energy, like work and grind and hustle. Like I was very in the hustle culture. And as I've like started shifting out of that and a lot more into like my feminine energy, um, around, you know, even my work and my career and everything, I've realized the importance of celebrating like mm -hmm. I used to almost see celebrating as like this like oh gotta take time off work like I'm gonna be distracted like I gotta work harder whereas now I like you know I always think about like okay like we gotta celebrate like every week every month like you gotta celebrate everything that you're doing in life and celebration really does bring elevation so everything that you celebrate then does elevate and it's again it's energy like when you're excited and happy and grateful and in that vibrational state then it, it attracts more and brings more and you radiate more and so I I think this is one of the most excited times I've ever been for the holiday season because there's just so much to celebrate yeah that's so awesome I love it and yeah I also think that you know coming into 2024 as we've been speaking about 
you know, we expect to see some really decent expansion in the crypto market. So that's definitely something to look forward to as well. Like I feel like barring some crazy black swan event that nobody sees coming, which is the definition of a black swan event, you know, I think we uh, can safely say we're through the kind of worst of the bear market. Um, you know, I'm not saying that we can't go down and test those lower levels, but it's looking less and less likely. We kind of have some really healthy price action at the moment. And so, um, yeah, things feel really optimistic and I love Saggy season for that. And coming into the holidays, we've got lots to celebrate, lots to be grateful for. So it's awesome. Yay. I'm excited. <laughs> and um, yeah, so looking a little bit deeper in the the Bitcoin astrology for this new moon, mm -hmm. um, as you mentioned, so it's happening in the fifth house. That's all educational matters and learning. And I do feel like this is also like a um, going to be a key period of time where we are seeing, you know, how is the adoption of Bitcoin going around the world? How are people starting to really fit Bitcoin, whether it be into their lives, into their governments, into their financial systems, into their countries? Like it's very much a time of reassessment now. Um, of course, there's still a lot of like ETF talk and um, we actually have a lot of news coming up this week in general. Um you know, from the, yeah, really from 12th of December, this new moon, we have CPI monthly, yearly, we've got FOMC statement and press conference. So there's a lot um, coming up this week. Um, and I'm very interested to see, you know, um, if anything with the ETFs, um, but let's see, let's see. And then we have uh, both the sun and the moon, of course, so they're going to be together because it is a new moon and they are both the square natal Uranus of Bitcoin. So with this, we can expect uh, surprises, unexpected changes in potential plans. Um, it might also be a time where we see a choice to change direction, um, as well as uh, um, it kind of talks like this energy is kind of like a, your loved ones that may be fluctuating in attitudes and moods. And I kind of see that as the people that are the holders of Bitcoin, the, you know, um, yeah, the people that are holding on to Bitcoin, maybe it might be a bit more of an emotional time because, again, we're very euphoric right now. And if we do start to see this turnaround, then people's moods um, might be a little affected by that. So make sure that you keep your emotions in check as we go through this time. Um, we also have the sun, moon, square, the natal satin of bitcoin and that's a bit of a feeling of oppression um feeling overwhelmed by work or finances um as well as the feeling sometimes like a have been working over time and not getting the rewards so um um oh and a lot of like also reevaluation during this time and uh, 
I feel like even there, it could be a little bit, and Saturn always does tend to be, especially like in financial astrology, I like to look at where Saturn is for any particular um, resistance that it's creating and potentially holding price back. Uh, I really see it as like that roof that sometimes is created and stopping it from moving in a direction that maybe it would like to. So we've got Saturn playing a key role there. And remember, like as I'm talking about squared aspects, there are normally challenges that need to uh, that we just need to go through. Uh, on a more, oh no, one more not so fun thing or unfavorable thing is that the sun and moon is also sex, sextile, the natal Saturn. And that's also an energy of procrastination and low energy. So that there kind of aligns with the idea of Bitcoin turning around and finally seeing a bit of that pullback. And on what I feel is more positive news, even though it is still a sign of a pullback, is the Jupiter. So Jupiter is trying the natal Mars. And although this is quite positive energy, so normally you think, oh, okay, that's a sign of Bitcoin going up. It is also a, a sign of healthy competition. And that's where I feel like that's the perfect transit that's telling us, hey, the money's going to flow out of Bitcoin and start then flowing into Ethereum, flowing into some of the altcoins. And, you know, there's always the cycle of first Bitcoin takes off, money gets poured into Bitcoin, comes, uh, you know, it's just the first point, uh, even on ramp for a lot of people. First, it comes into Bitcoin. Then we see the money start shifting into and we can't even really call Ethereum an altcoin anymore. Like Ethereum is so huge that at this point it's Bitcoin, Ethereum, and then the altcoins. Everything else. But, yeah. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, we have then from Bitcoin things flowing into Ethereum. We normally see a pump with Ethereum. And by the time that you guys are listening to this, I do think that uh, Ethereum is looking very bullish and it's about to go up so you guys have probably already seen uh ethereum significantly move and then from there is where we see it move on over to the altcoins now that is a positive thing for bitcoin it is a healthy competition and you know claire and i have spoken about this before we were talking about it earlier that you can't really even see ethereum and bitcoin as competition they are different um and we like to see the money flowing. That is healthy. So that's that transit um, showing us that. And then mm. another interesting one that I saw was Uranus trying the natal Uranus. And this has been touching for a while, but I thought it was really important to rebring it up because it is very much about wanting to broaden horizons, try new things, learn new things. And also a change of worldview. So I think that that's a constant clear sign that we have happening in the background there of these ETFs really lining up for, for Bitcoin. Um, yeah. But I still just don't see enough astrology that's telling us like, here it is. It's being launched. I do see a bit more of that in January. So mm. uh, let's see. But... So I agree. I, you know, as I look more into that astrology, here comes that, that turnaround, that pullback. 
Now, I guess the next question is uh, how how far are we pulling back? Where are we looking at it pulling back? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think nothing goes up in a straight line. We don't want it to. We want like healthy price action. We want it to come back and fill in some of these imbalances and and move in a healthy way. And so, yeah, absolutely that we um, we do see I do see a bit of a pullback coming um this new moon around this new moon time and yeah like you said the question is where could it pull back to so there is a three-day order block at about 45.2 to 48.2 so i do expect us to see some resistance around there we are recording this on the 8th of december so um we may have already seen that by the time this is released and um, so I do think that we will test that level, find some resistance there. And then the first level to look at is how far can it come back? So the first level to look at is really that 382 level, that Fibonacci 382 level. And um, that's sitting at 37.5. So um, we just take it step by step and be aware of like what the potential levels could be. So the first reaction, we want to see how price reacts at that 37.5 mark. Does it bounce? Could it bounce from there? Yeah, we've got optimistic, expansive Sagittarius energy as well. So it could very well bounce from there. And um, if we do see a bounce there, you could look at an entry at the retest of that level. And then the next level, if we don't hold that level, we'd be looking at the 618.786 zone. And so that's really 32,650 to about 29,200. Now, I think if we enter back into the 20s, people are going to freak out. Oh, um, but actually, a pullback to the 618786 level is actually really healthy, is actually still a healthy pullback. So um, we're not worried about that. And we, we do know somebody who loves the 886 level. And there is a daily order block sitting right there too um, at 27,500. And, um, you know, so we we may even see a pullback to the 886 level. We just don't know how deep it will go. But, um, yeah, I mean, again, we just take it one step at a time and see how price reacts at these sort of key levels. And there also is an order block, a daily order block at the 50% level, which is not a, it's not a um, Fibonacci level, but it, it is generally significant as well. And that's sitting at around um, 34,500, yeah. 35, sorry, 35,000. Yeah. Between them. Yeah. And, you know, everybody that's listening, just make sure that, you know, as you're putting fibs on your charts as well, know that price will vary a little bit based on which chart you are looking at. Um, but those yeah, which exchange your, which exchange chart you're looking at, which exchange you're purchasing on the price does vary a little bit in those zones. Yeah. So definitely um, agreed with all those levels, you know, really ever since the, the end of last year, end of 2022, start of um, 2023, where we did have those those lows from which then we saw price really turn around and start just moving back up. Um, it has constantly been a 0.5 or 618 retracement. And then 
kind of bounces in there and goes back up. Now, is it going to happen exactly the same? We don't know. Um, there's a lot of different factors as well um, that are starting to come into play. Um, you know, one obviously is the the emotions, the hype and the euphoria that's being created around these ETFs. Also, mm. just more and more people not selling. And so the supply and what's available of Bitcoin in exchanges is starting to decrease more and more. Um, and that could have a or does have an impact on price as well. So, yeah, we just got to take it level by level. Um, I really don't think that during this time, you know, it's it's so interesting how it changes during the bull run. Sometimes it feels like a lot of technicals go out the window when you just, you know, that's where sometimes it's like nicer to come to astrology and be like, what's happening with the astrology right now? Mm -hmm. um, but, but, you know, you just, there's no, yeah, I mean, there, there is always that option as well, that Bitcoin could completely ignore us all and just go charging through those levels. Like that's always yeah. a reality. So, it um, is. you know, it is. but we don't, we don't deal in, uncertainties when we're looking at the markets like I think that people get very stuck on on that and come unstuck when they are hoping to find certainty whereas we're really just dealing in probabilities and again layering the information of astrology over the top of fundamentals on the top of technical analysis as well it's just giving you that extra layer of information to be able to basically place your bets with the highest highest probability bets, you know, um, giving you the best odds. Um, so yeah, it it is it is um interesting times for Bitcoin, and we'll see um we'll see how that pullback unfolds, and also how it impacts the sentiment in the market because it does feel kind of frothy at the moment. Um, yeah. So that's generally a good sign when people are getting really <laughs> excited about Bitcoin. <laughs> It's um, generally a good sign that um, something is coming back. And yeah, but I think it is a really interesting time in the life cycle of Bitcoin as well, the evolution of Bitcoin. It's been, it's one of my interests is to just look how at the evolution of Bitcoin. And I think that we are in this turning point from Bitcoin being seen as a speculative asset from very a very high risk speculative asset are moving in and really establishing itself as more of a store of value. So it's really fascinating. And the levels combined with the astrology, um, Fibonacci levels combined with the astrology, these things are all encoded in nature. You know, we've obviously got the moon cycles and, um, you know, even the Fibonacci ratios and Fibonacci numbers are written through, you know, throughout everything in our in creation you know so that's why they kind of do work really well together and that's why they play out because people kind of look at fibonacci um like retracement levels and are just like it's like magic and it's like well no it's like all mm -hmm. coded into the simulation you know so um that's what we're trying to do really is with astrology and technical analysis is really like hacking the matrix in a way and um you know just looking for those high probability entries. Yeah, no, definitely. And the other thing that um, 
we're really seeing with this coming new moon. And as I mentioned earlier, is from the following day, we go for Mercury retrograde in Capricorn. Um, now, this is a very interesting Mercury retrograde because it's going to be conjunct the natal Mars and the natal Pluto of Bitcoin as it um, as it retrogrades through. And, you know, Mars, usually uh, this would be a sign of strength and quite positive. Um, however, because it is going to be retrograde, that typically goes and creates kind of the opposite energy, right? And then also with Pluto being um, on top of being conjunct, uh, sorry, with Mercury retrograde being conjunct Pluto, it's also conjunct the sun. And this could have actually something to do with news coming out and potentially something unethical or unexpected. So I would just pay attention around what may happen there in particular, this is going to happen around those first, uh, it's like the 21st or really just those first couple of days right before Christmas. So, so I would pay attention to around that time and just see anything um, that could potentially come out. Now, because this is a Mercury retrograde in Capricorn and it's uh, really starting in those first degrees of Capricorn, I went and back tested where we had seen, if we had seen any other Mercury retrogrades in Capricorn and what happened to price back then. So I actually did find quite a similar Mercury retrograde in terms of astrology back in um, the start of 2022. Um, so we had a Mercury retrograde in Capricorn back then from the 14th of January to the 23rd of January and those last one, two, three, four days of that Mercury retrograde um, is where we had it hitting eight degrees. And as it was hitting eight degrees, and sorry, that's eight degrees of Capricorn, um, that's where this Mercury retrograde is starting. So this Mercury retrograde, 2023, uh, what is it, December the 13th, December the 13th, it's starting at that same degrees, those eight degrees. So I was comparing the two and back in 2022, when we had this in those last couple of days, we actually had a 16% drop in Bitcoin. Um, and once again, that really aligns with what we're expecting to happen. So, um, you know, those first couple of days of Mercury retrograde could be that pullback. Once again, that is during the same period of time where we have a lot of this news coming out, you know, just go into forexfactory.com, check out the, the calendar there. I always just put mine to look at only and specifically the US dollar news that comes up. Um, and we just have a week of red folders. So, mm. um, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool, but definitely keep an eye out around those days and uh, why can't they just leave us alone and let us trade freely they're always <laughs> ruining our fun um but that is um the the pull a pullback to the um to the 382 would be about 17 percent 16 17 percent so that lines up there you go so interesting right um 
Yeah. Just make sure everybody, as we always say, and I know we like sound cliche when we say it, but then I think that it's very underestimated. Um, make sure that you just have a plan for both. Always yeah. have a plan for both, especially when we're going through bull run. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, and people should welcome a pullback at the bull run because mm. it's sort of, you know, it is looking very positive. The charts are still looking very positive. And, um, you know, it's it's always just an opportunity to get better entries and add to position, add to longer term positions. Um, so, um, you, you know, kind of get excited about it. Um, get excited about a healthy, healthy pullback. Also, some interesting news around the, the Ethereum ETFs as well. That sort of is gaining a little bit of traction. Not as much attention as the Bitcoin ETFs, but um, what are your thoughts around that, Corinne, as well? Uh, so I feel that Ethereum is so undervalued. I really, truly believe that not enough people are really thinking about Ethereum and and just remembering that ethereum is not a competition to bitcoin ethereum mm. has a very different utility i believe and majority of crypto that are currently created are on top of ethereum so they are layer other layers on top of ethereum's layer 1 like ethereum is such an important technology that has been created and brought into this cryptocurrency space. And, and so question a theory, which I definitely want to hear your thoughts on. And I know we've spoken, <laughs> we've spoken a little bit about different things in regards to this, but okay. So I'm really thinking, and I always like to do this. I'm like, put like different hats on. And so if I put on my SEC hat and I get into the role of the SEC, my goal, my objective is to protect the people, to protect the consumers, the customers, the investors, right? That's what the, e the SEC wants to do. And so I'm sitting here, I'm trying to evaluate cryptocurrency as a whole, I'm thinking about, okay, Bitcoin ETF, Ethereum ETF. Now, Bitcoin, Bitcoin is, first of all, it's proof of work. And that means that in order for me to have power, somewhat of power and control over Bitcoin and what could happen means that I would need to own 51% of the miners. And that's not easy to get a hold of. Number one. Number two, we have a Satoshi Nakamoto wallet with huge amounts of Bitcoin that uh, nobody knows who this person is, uh, um, when and if they're ever going to touch that wallet. And they don't know if they have some sort of backdoor in the Bitcoin coding potentially. And, you know, I, I don't know that much about the tech side of things. And that's even if that's even a possibility. But I feel like there could be more question marks around 
Bitcoin versus Ethereum. So Ethereum um, changed their um, from proof of work and now they have moved to a proof of stake. And I believe we've spoken about even here how that actually goes and creates potentially more centralization around Ethereum. It is a lot easier to buy up the big amounts of Ethereum, stake them, become part of the, the system and, and have more power and decision-making power over Ethereum and what happens, et cetera. So if I'm BlackRock, it's going to be a lot easier for me to go buy up plenty of Ethereum and have more power over Ethereum's network versus Bitcoin. So in saying all of that, what if, theory guys, but what <laughs> if the SEC is actually more inclined to approve an Ethereum ETF than a Bitcoin ETF? And maybe they'll do both and they'll do both at the same time. But all of this to really say, like, I really think Ethereum, I really think that Ethereum is one, super undervalued. Two, when we do look at this whole regulatory world, I think it has more advantages. What do you think? Um. I do I don't think it has more advantages. I, I think um I think it has more potential to to really expand in dollar terms for sure. Um and I do agree with you that I think it's more of a um a play that regulators would prefer. It's easier for them to control. So I think they would probably favor Bitcoin uh, Ethereum over Bitcoin. For sure. But I think I do have a feeling I think they'll probably um, approve the ETFs at the same time. But I think I find it strange that when the announcements of the Bitcoin ETFs were coming out, there was so much talk about um, there was so much talk about it can Bitcoin be centralized. And yet when yeah. an Ethereum ETF is being announced, there's no talk of that. When yeah. in actual fact, there's a lot of things that have to happen. I don't even know if it is possible to truly centralize Bitcoin yeah. to then, you know, to change the code, to change the fundamentals of Bitcoin. I don't even know if that's possible. Um, it yeah. certainly is not probable. But with Ethereum, with proof of stake, it's it is a lot easier to... Um, to centralize Ethereum because you just have to have the biggest stake. Mm -hmm. And now that's not on the cards for me. I don't know about you, Corinne, but um, I can't buy that much of a stake, but certainly large institutions can. And um, they then have more voting power for the network. And so I don't know why this isn't talked about more. I don't know why people aren't concerned about it, but there's sort of two sides for it. I mean, again, you said, to me, Ethereum and Bitcoin are apples and oranges. They don't set out to solve the same problem. They're not the same technology. They're not the same fundamentally. Um, but um, so it depends how you look at it. Like for me, I see Bitcoin as more of a store of value, a saving mechanism, 
it's hard sound money and um that's why i buy bitcoin when i buy ethereum it's a trade for me like i'm looking to harvest more either more bitcoin or more us dollars you know so um with the talk around the etfs i think that it does set ethereum up to really be a good trade now i'm not saying that's necessarily a day trade or it, you know varying time frames for sure but i do think um an ethereum etf would really expand the price in us dollar terms do i think it's good for the project as a whole to become centralized absolutely not but i think if you are wanting to trade ethereum and you're wanting to make money on ethereum then i think that it probably will give you that and i think at this point in time ethereum has been interesting to watch because it really hasn't done much um mm -hmm. you have coins like solana that are just absolutely running and ethereum really hasn't you know really had that massive run that people are expecting from ethereum and you know i'm not saying that it's not doing anything there definitely has been money flowing into into ethereum but um not in the same way as solana so that does with all of this kind of news that does leave an opportunity and i do agree with you it is undervalued at this point in time yeah um, and and i was just going to add to that like i i really think that it really comes from those perspectives right like if you are the SEC, what is it that you value and what is it that you're looking at um, yeah. versus, you know, I am going to say like us, so like we're like freedom maxis, you know, so we're all about like, and, you know, we've said it time and time again, one of the biggest illusions is that we continue to compare Bitcoin to the US dollar. We continue to compare Bitcoin mm -hmm. to fiat currencies when that's not the point. And so... Yeah when we're talking about ETFs and trading and making US dollars, then super advantages, really, really great. Like, you know, when we look at Ethereum, but, or even Bitcoin becoming an ETF. But if we come back to what it is that we stand for, what we believe in and what we would love to see from crypto, um, you know, that Bitcoin even is becoming an ETF is not really what we wanted, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And so it just it depends on the perspective, I think. And um, I think they also all go through these stages. Like, you know, the last bull run, it was really, you know, Bitcoin was the established project and Ethereum really, you know, expanded up to $4,000, I think was the high around that anyway. And, um, you know, and now really Ethereum has sort of staked its claim as a, you know, in the ecosystem as well. And so um, it, like you said, it's really Bitcoin, Ethereum, and then all of the altcoins. So I think it's going to play out differently um, this, this upcoming bull run in terms of, um, I think Ethereum will get a really big push and a really big expansion and a really big boost from an ETF approval for sure. But I think yeah. in terms of the crypto ecosystem, I think this season is more Solana season. And then maybe next cycle, Solana will be the established project with its own use cases and whatever. And 
there will be something else that comes that will be that sort of new kind of new exciting thing at the time what do you feel about that do you see that too yeah fully see that um you know I'm I'm very bullish on Solana this next Mm -hmm. run um you know that we even had Venek already starting to talk about Solana ETFs spot ETFs is huge um, you know, everybody's very focused on Bitcoin and Ethereum ETFs, but hello, like they're talking about a Solana spot ETF, like that's massive. Um, so I'm very, very bullish on Solana this next run. Solana is still so new as well, um, but it really does go and and cater for a whole new, you know, um, we, we can see Ethereum as a bit more of like that more expensive, more established, more like your your higher brand, uh, you know, Louis and Gucci's and Chanel's. Um, whereas Solana really has created a whole other space to cater for just cheaper that allows more access, uh, lower fees to Foster faster for sure mm. um so yeah i i really see it as the 2024 is definitely going to be a big year for solana um i actually did pull up the astrology as well for solana just looking and this is just specifically for this coming new moon um the so solana is actually having the new moon also in the fifth house lots of fifth house energy this time around um, and so that's just another educational matter, learning, expansion of like, where does Solana fit into this whole space? And maybe that is where we'll start to hear a bit more of uh, potentially a Solana spot ETF coming up. Um, and it is the new moon for Solana is square. It's natal Neptune, which can create it's kind of like in stability not sure about the future maybe needs to still wrap up some things that haven't fully been closed off um and we also have venus opposition the natal venus so that can be a bit more about like it's a little bit of like decision making around what where does it want to go what does it want to do Um, So I do feel like around the new moon could be a good time for a bit of that instability with Solana um, and maybe see, you know, even there a bit of a pullback, probably Mm -hmm. earlier pullback than we're going to see with some other altcoins. I mean, Solana's been running like, so even on that side of things, you're like, yeah, it's true for a pullback. But um, I think that we'll see that pullback before we see it for some of the other, other altcoins. Um, yeah, 2024 Solana, definitely keep an eye out on that one. Yeah, definitely. And, and having said that again, with the ETF and things like that, it's the same kind of, um, pitfalls, I guess, around, like, there's already questions around Solana's centralization, um, Mm. because they, all of the proof of stake kind of start off centralized and then gradually become more decentralized and it is still on that journey um but if again it has the same question mark around you know if you if you are blackrock or vanguard and you have a big um massive portion of the supply of solana then you definitely have more power 
to control um, that network and have more say in the voting power in that network. And so yep. how decentralized is it again? You know, is it? And so, yeah, again, for us, we, we're freedom maxis, I think is the term that you used. I love that. Yeah. And, um, you know, we prefer for things to be decentralized. That's what we think the crypto is all about. But again, you do sort of have that, um, the other side of things where authorities and people in positions of power would prefer their institu- their favorite institutions to have the controlling stake in these projects. And um, they can't really do that in Bitcoin or they can have a controlling stake of the supply, but they can't um, ha- they can't control the network, the network effects have already sort of been established really. Um, so it is an interesting conversation. It's interesting which way it will go. But I guess for me, I don't see Ethereum or Sol- or Solana to be. Um, I mean, definitely not the same. They're definitely not the same as Bitcoin, but they're just sort of a you know a tool to cap- harvest U.S. dollars, really. So um, yep. they're not necessarily. I I'm not married to those coins at all. I have no qualms in selling them. Um, so the fundamentals to me are not as important as they are with Bitcoin. Agreed. Agreed. 100%. You know, it's, I've always like even said this about XRP. I've, uh, I've just never liked it from the moment that I understood it. I was like, nope, doesn't align with what it is that I want. Um, but we most, you'll take a quick trade on it though. You'll take a quick trade. (laughs) <laughs> we are most definitely buying that up, you know, and we definitely bought that quite low and are excited for the returns that are to come. Uh, you know, we're already at 65 cents this year with uh, with XRP and shout out to astrology and seeing Uranus move on out of the eighth house, so finally of Ripple and into the ninth house, you know, um, mm the big sign of XRP is ready to finally move. And that was earlier this year. But yeah, it's, you know, sometimes something doesn't align with what it is that you want to put your money and energy into, but you most definitely can use it for the gains. And then once you've made those gains, you can shift that energy, again, money to whatever it is that you actually believe in and where you want to store um your energy yeah absolutely and yeah i think people also there is a big focus in the bitcoin community that everything but bitcoin is a shit coin and you know in some respects i do agree with that but because the the um the problems that bitcoin sets out to solve none of these other tokens come near that like they don't even look towards that they're sort of just an extension, a digital extension, a digital unregulated extension of, you know, what we already have. Um, so it's not really creating any systemic change, but I don't believe that they are all worthless shit coins. I think that they serve their purpose. And, you know, as you said, there's so much built on Ethereum. Um, there are a lot of things built on Ethereum. And then Solana, again, offers that um, space where people value um, high transaction speeds, low fees, um, but don't va- don't need as much security 
Um, yeah. So I think that there is a place for all of these things, you know, and I think that they have a purpose. Um, just don't get confused and at least use some of your Solana gains to buy some more Bitcoin. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. That's definitely on the trading plan, guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um and then what else have we got? We've got um Mercury still. Yep, we've spoken about that going through Capricorn. Um, we've had a shift from Venus in Libra into Venus in Scorpio. Um, so that can be quite a passionate time around uh love and love for money. So be most careful around that uh that greed for money around here. Um, make sure that you're taking those profits as we uh we shift on through this the uh, this run in general, but especially around this coming up to this new moon. Um, and then really all the other planets have been quite stable. I mean, we've got Mars in Sagittarius, um, and all those bigger planets are still just plodding along uh in their in their current signs so we did have neptune that's been retrograde in pisces that finally came out of retrograde on the 5th of december um so neptune is officially in pisces and direct until 2026 um mm. and yeah i'm i'm very very excited for 2024 guys I'm excited for when the time will be right to share uh, some of the astrology that really is coming up in 2024, particularly for Bitcoin. Uh, I think we're in for a really good year. Yeah. Yeah, it's really fascinating. And it is interesting. I Just looking at the 2024 astrology, for me, is like, I, I'm interested also to see how the macro plays out with that. Mm. Um, I think that's going to be pretty fascinating as well. And um, yeah, good times for Bitcoin ahead. Not saying that there aren't bumps in the road. Of course there are, but um, we're, we're looking pretty positive at this point. Um, as I said, barring any insane black swan event of, you know, I don't know internet outages worldwide or you know so whatever something they're called black swans for a reason because people don't see them coming but um you know outside of that i'm feeling pretty positive and pretty bullish yeah you know just a random fun fact and i would be interested to hear if you have any fun stories around this thing is you know you've spent time in australia as well last time we went there alex was like wait, you guys have like black swans here? And I was like, yeah, we don't have white swans in Australia. Like we have black swans there. But I don't know if anywhere else in the world has black swans. Like guys, like the actual literal physical swan that is the color black, we have them in Australia. Is that a doesn't, bad sign for Australia that they have a lot of black swans? Doesn't, I thought, I would have thought every country would have had black swans. I don't think they're just native to Australia. Surely no, well, not. It was like, I don't think they're, I'm going to Google this right now. That is, you must Google There's it because there. that, otherwise that is very ominous for Australia, <laughs> I think. Are there black swans in the United States? 
is extremely rare to see this bud outside of captivity. Wow. Yeah, because they are, they are everywhere in Australia, like where there's white swans, there's black swans too. Like I've never, I didn't think that that was abnormal. Yeah, but it is. I I would have never thought because obviously like growing up there, I'm like, yeah, I mean, they're, they're swans and they're black. Like if anything, I see less white swans. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, mind you, in Australia, we are kind of um desensitized to some pretty crazy wildlife yeah we're like oh yeah it's just a python it's no problem <laughs> like have a big black uh, brown spider spider in my house i was i could never understand how some of my friends would literally have like huntsmans as their pets in their house had no they be like yeah, because they're not like venomous and they eat all the other dangerous small spiders and bugs and insects. And I'm like, hell no, I am not waking up with this big brown furry thing on my face. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. my goodness. No, last, really last fun fact about black swans. Okay. So black swans are naturally found throughout Southeast and Southwest Australia and Tasmania. They've been introduced mm. New Zealand and some parts of Western Europe, Japan, and Singapore. So they're primarily Australian. Australian. Wow. There you go. <laughs> look out for the look out for the signs of a black swan looming from right. out of Australia. That's what we can take that as. <laughs> oh, but I think with that we can wrap it up. <laughs> I think. Uh, Happy new moon to everybody and also happy holidays. Yeah, absolutely. Happy holidays. I think we'll have one we have one more episode before Christmas, but um Well, yeah, the full moon is the 26th of December. So Oh wow. Yes. We call Boxing Day in Australia. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, everybody have a beautiful Christmas. And um, yeah. Happy, happy holidays. Peace, love, and Bitcoin. Peace, love, and Bitcoin. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Bitcoin Zodiac podcast. We hope you enjoyed our discussions about the evolution of Bitcoin viewed through the lens of financial astrology. This podcast does not offer financial advice, so please make sure you do your own research. And stay tuned for our next episode where we will continue to dive deeper and build off these perception-expanding topics. Remember, whatever your beliefs may be, we all have something to learn from each other. So stay curious, stay open-minded, and keep exploring the world of Bitcoin and astrology. As always, may the stars align in your favor and your crypto investments prosper. Until next time, peace, love, and Bitcoin.